we're mostly using it for its mitochondrial upgrades because we have the most mitochondria in the, in the areas in our body that are working the hardest. So in our brain, in our heart, in our liver is where the most mitochondria are. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 114 of the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee chiming in from Las Vegas today, and I'm here with my sister, Lauren. Hi, everyone. So we just got back from the biohacking conference in Florida, where we got to chat a little bit more with our good friend, Dr. Scott Schur, who's going to be our guest for today's episode. He is a returning guest. You may have remembered an episode last summer, July, 2020, where we had him on to talk about his blue canateen product with prescriptions. And yes, that is the famous blue tongue that you see us posting all the time. So if you're curious more about the blue canatine side of things, definitely go back, check out that episode. But today we're going to bring Dr. Scott back on to talk about the newest product that it just launched at the biohacking conference. So it's super, super exciting, but he's going to dive into why we needed another product and some of the really cool ingredients that they've put into this new formulation. So we both have had the opportunity to try this new product. Thank you to Dr. Scott. And I have to say, I've been sleeping really well on it. Uh, the really cool formula seems to just work well with my body and I'm sleeping like a baby. So I'm grateful for that. I'm not going to give away the ingredients yet. You got to have to listen to the whole episode to learn what's in this <laughs> sneaky little thing. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So if you didn't hear the previous episode, I'm sure you're always seeing our blue tongues. It's such a podcast favorite, but it was only a matter of time before they came out with a calm version because obviously this is the nootropic, a little bit of an upper, the blue tongue. And I'm just so excited to have something that could calm the nervous system. And at the conference, it was funny. They were talking about doing half and half, like half a blue tongue, half an orange tongue as an experiment because biohackers do crazy things. <laughs> but they actually mentioned, I'm not sure if they actually called it an antidote, but they said, if you happen to take too much blue canteen, or if you just feel a little too hyped up and you want to calm it down, you can take the orange to sort of balance it out. So same as if you took too much THC, you could take CBD to balance out those effects and come back to your baseline. The orange could potentially be an antidote and, and bring you back to that very calm state. So lots of fun things here. We always have such a great time with Dr. Scott and it was so awesome to see him in person. So we are very happy to bring him back to you. So Dr. Scott Schur is a board certified internal medicine physician certified to practice health optimization medicine also called HOME, H-O-M-E, and he is a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. He is the co-founder of HOME SF, San Francisco, the first home clinic in the United States, and also acts as the chief operating officer of HOME USA, a nonprofit that is creating an online home education course for doctors and healthcare practitioners. Dr. Scott is also COO of Smarter Not Harder, the for-profit arm of HOME and HOPE, Smarter Not Harder is the company behind transcriptions, a line of buccal trochees, 
you will learn more about that in a minute, (laughs) that aims to address the bottlenecks many face along the path to optimal health. Their limitless nootropic blue canatine was the first product that came to market. They later on came out with just blue, which is pure methylene blue. And now they have their third product launching, which is really, really exciting for them. And once you listen to the episode, we hope you love it and learn lots. But if you want to learn more about the specific product, you can go to proscriptions.com. We will put that link in the show notes as well. So you can check it out and you can use our discount code. So you can save 10% with code biohacker babes. Yes. We want you to go smart, go blue with us. It is super trendy, but also really, really awesome for your health and for your brain focused cognitive attention. We love it as a nootropic and we hope that you will go smart with us. Let's bring them on. Welcome, Dr. Scott. We are so excited to have you back on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Renee. Laura, nice to see you both again. It's been a little while from the podcast we did last time, but a lot has has happened since then. (laughs) It's been quite the time. Now I'm doing my, my Zoom podcast from my daughter's room with uh, beautiful backgrounds of flamingos and trees. And so I hope, I hope it's nice and calming for those that are watching. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. Yeah, it has been a year. And when we recorded, this is the only time that Renee and I recorded in the same space. We were, I was in Vegas visiting her. That's right. We were in different bedrooms in the house. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah, you guys, that's right. You were hanging out t- together. It was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was funny because you guys were both in different rooms, but talking, I remember now. Yeah. 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 Well, I, so it's so nice to have you back. We have not had a lot of return guests. So we're, but we really like you. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here too. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Well, so yeah. And for anyone that missed the episode last year, I think it was July, 2020. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. If you missed that episode, go back, listen to that. Cause there's great information in that episode, but this episode kind of came about because, uh, Dr. Scott, we ran into each other kind of at the biohacking Congress where, you know, mm-hmm. you lived right down the road. So we got to bump into each other and you started telling me about some exciting things coming down the road. And we were like, all right, we got to do an episode about that. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of fun topics to talk about today, but I think to kick it off, why don't we start with what a, what a trochee is for anyone that maybe missed that sure. episode. I'm sure everyone has seen Lauren and I on Instagram with our blue tongues. That is the transcriptions ter- ter- blue canatine, also the pure blue with the methylene blue. Mm-hmm. But the trochee, I think, is still a new concept for people. And that is really your specialty. So maybe sure. kick us off with why we use that and the benefits yeah. of that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit of a novel delivery device for people outside of the medical mainstream, like the conventional medicine doctors. We use trochees all the time in conventional medicine, actually, for various ways of delivering medicine, because the idea here is the trochee is this little square that goes on the side of your mouth. It's called a buccal trochee. So it, it stays between your gums and your cheek, and it dissolves there over about 15 minutes or 20 minutes or so. And the idea is that because it's a trochee, it's actually dissolving directly into your bloodstream, right in your mouth mucosa. So what happens when you digest something? What happens when you swallow a pill or swallow a liquid? It has to go through your digestive process. It has to go what's to go through what's called first pass metabolism. It has to go through your liver to get 
digested basically and changed typically into either it's active, more active components or it's potentially less active components. That's what we, what we call as bioavailability. So when you take a supplement, the bioavailability is the percentage of that supplement that you took, say it was hundred milligrams, the bioavailability is 10%. You're actually getting 10 milligrams or, or 10 micrograms or whatever in the actual amount of no, it'd be 10 milligrams, I'm sorry, 10 milligrams of the supplement that you're actually getting in your body. And so the idea is to increase bioavailability. There's a number of different ways to do it. You know, number one, you can mainline it. You can put it in your IV, right? You can also do subcutaneous, which is another way to get more of that into your bloodstream faster. But the more common way that we all take supplements is to swallow them, right? And that, that is dealing with this bioavailability issue. And so what we have in a trochee is that we have a way to deliver a lot of the, the products that we're putting in these trochees very quickly into the bloodstream and bypassing that first pass metabolism and bioavailability issue. And so you have increased amount of the, uh, of the supplement inside the bloodstream in a quicker pace So as well, because typically if something gets digested, it's gonna take at least 30 minutes. It can sometimes take about two hours for you to see or feel what you just had in your stomach. If did you just eat something? Was the food fatty? Was it all sugar, all, all that's going to change and how fast something comes into your system. And we don't have to worry about all those kinds of things with the trochee. I know many of you, myself included, when, when we were a kid, when I was a kid, I have a, a story of, you know, trying to I think my, my parents were out of town and we, I don't know if my parents are watching this, but th th this would be funny if they listened to this. <laughs> um, we tried to make some, you know, marijuana cookies or something like that. Right. And so everybody has these cookies. You have the pot brownies when you're a kid like you have one, you're like, I didn't feel anything. You have two, I don't feel anything. Three, and you can't get off the floor for the next five hours, right? Because yep, these yep. things take a longer time. Do you guys have similar situations? Oh yeah, that you I think have? everyone yeah. has had an edible nightmare happen. Yeah, yeah you're uh, watching, you're watching the clock, just waiting, waiting, and then you get impatient. Yes, <laughs> and bad like, It's happen. been an hour by now. Come on, exactly. Yeah. So the edible industry, the, the edible cannabis industry has been skyrocketing, but it's still the same issue that we've had since we were kids. In fact, it's actually worse now because when I was a kid, the THC content was like, you know, 5% of what it is now in most of these edibles. But it doesn't matter if it's a cannabis edible or any other supplement, it's still going to take between 30 minutes to two hours for you to see the full effect of whatever you just ingested. And so for me, I was supposed to go to a Jimmy Page and Black Crows concert, and I couldn't leave the parking lot. I went to bed in the car. That was my story. Oh, so. <laughs> oh no. Sad. Yeah, I was really sad. I was really big. Space. Oh, I no. was really, really, really sad about that. It was really, I was really looking forward to that show. But um, anyway, learning so learning lesson that edibles, I mean, you just don't under, you don't really know how long it's going to take for you to feel the effects. Now, typically it's between that window. And so with a trochee, you know, it's going to be about 15 to 30 minutes before you start feeling something because it's that direct into the bloodstream kind of thing. And so really when we were looking at trochees, or other delivery devices, we decided on the trochee because of all the things I just mentioned. Increased bioavailability, quicker onset of action. We're not putting anything in IVs or in subcutaneous, so it's easier for people to use on a daily basis or every couple of days, whatever it might be. And it's very unique to what we do. And it's not an easy thing to produce, actually. It's not as easy as making a supplement or as even a gum or as a, a lozenge. These are very different to make, and so they're very specialized for all those reasons. Hmm. Yeah, you were mentioning that to me when I saw you that it's like very finicky to get these trochees made. And why yeah. why is that? Is it the consistency, getting the ratios? Like what's going on yep. with that? Well, there's only a certain amount of active ingredient you can put inside of a trochee because it's a smaller type of thing. And so you also have to have the base 
of the trochee, which is the, the hardened part, the part that uh, it's called PEG, it's polyethylene glycol. This is not antifreeze, this is it's called PEG, just for people to make the distinction. There's something also called um, polyethylene. There's, uh, I forget the other one, but there's one that's antifreeze that it's not that. Okay, it's, it's, this is, okay. it's a synthetic, PEG is synthetic, um, but it's what it does is you need to have a certain amount of that to be able to make into a liquid and then to harden into the trochee molds themselves. And so you only have a certain amount of additional ingredients that you can put inside there to make sure that it all stays together and it doesn't, you know, doesn't uh, leak or doesn't get, you know, what we, what we call like wet or not be able to stay solid at room temperature. So lots of things that go into that. And we, we work with a specialized manufacturer that's actually a GMP facility down in Carlsbad in San Diego that has all the knowledge and all the, the processes in place to make these things. And, but it took a lot of R&D. The first, uh, the first trophies that we made with glucanatine took a while. They took about eight, eight or nine months to actually make and to make well. And part of that was related to the trochee. The other part was really related to the methylene blue and making sure that we had a pharmaceutical grade stock of that stuff. Because as you guys know, it's not something you want to mess around with outside of being what's called USP or, or pharmaceutical grade quality, because there's a lot of methylene blue out there that is unfortunately contaminated with heavy metals. We'd like to say, I think I wrote on the website somewhere, if you want a Darwin award, you can go ahead and drink some fish tank cleaner kind of thing. And so oh my gosh. <laughs> um, because the fish tank yeah. cleaner has, um, it has methylene blue in it as we, it's also antifungal, it's antiviral, it's antibacterial, but and you don't want to have- delicious. <laughs> it's not delicious in fish tank cleaner. And it's not delicious in a trochee either, by the way. And so that's another reason why trochee is also going to be something you taste. If it's a supplement you swallow, you don't taste it. It's not a big deal. But so we also right. had to work on the taste and the flavors and, and making sure that it was tolerable, but not so tolerable that people wanted to have 20. It's like, I'm good after one, you know, I'm good after a quarter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I definitely feel like I feel that way. So I have a blue tongue right now, like I do on most podcasts and mm -hmm. days, but I definitely mm -hmm. had to commemorate with <laughs> our interview today. Um, I love the taste and, and I never thought about that before. I really don't need more than one. It's very satisfying and it's so easy. I love the delivery mechanism and not just of the actual trochee, but the packaging, it comes like in this little blue bag. You can just slip in your pocket. I love that so much. And most of my supplements have, have pretty much transferred over to liposomals because mm -hmm. of that delivery process. Sure. You can't just like throw a liposomal in your pocket and like go for a walk. No, <laughs> like I can bring easy. my blue canatine everywhere I go if I want. Yeah. So can you talk about, for anyone that wasn't on the last podcast, can you talk about the benefits? Why would I take it every podcasting day? <laughs> right. So the Troscriptions company, uh, which I act as the COO here in the US, or I guess globally, we have mostly our presence in the US, but we have wholesalers in the UK and the EU. We have a new one in New Zealand. Somebody's interested in South Africa. We just have a new one in Canada. So we are becoming more global with the brand overall. But this was started uh, because... We have actually a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Health Optimization Medicine in Practice, Home Hope for short. And it was pioneered by a colleague and mentor of mine, Dr. Ted Achikoso. And the idea with the whole frame shift that we're making in health optimization medicine is that we're looking at how can we optimize people's health, not treating disease, not focused on disease, but looking at objective data, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, cofactors, gut health, but also looking at circadian rhythms and, and toxins in our environment and, and everything else and kind of bringing it all together. It's, it's similar to functional medicine in some ways, but the, but the focus is not on looking at root cause, it's mostly looking on optimizing health. So it's a little bit different. And so this nonprofit is educating doctors and practitioners on how to practice health and how to do this in their own 
uh, in their own environments, whether they're seeing their own patients in a clinic or if they're doing coaching or whatever it might be, they can use this framework as a way, as a way to optimize their client's health. And so there are bottlenecks along the way when we're trying to optimize either our client's health or our own health. And we actually developed transcriptions as a for-profit company to be the sort of the for-profit arm of our nonprofit. And transcriptions is the first brand inside of that for-profit company. The umbrella name you'll enjoy is called Smarter Not Harder. That's the umbrella name of our company, but the, the product name or this product line is called Troscriptions. The tro comes from trochi, right? As we've been speaking about, it's troscriptions instead of prescriptions. Makes sense. So yeah. the troscriptions is really because we're we're physicians, we're and we're we're actually formulating this ourselves. This is physician formulated. These are pharmaceutical grade ingredients. For the most part, if they're not pharmaceutical grade, they're all come with their own certification of analysis. And so that we know where everything's coming from. We know the purity, we know the potency. And that was kind of how we started everything. With the first, the first type of trochee we developed was in the nootropic space. So one of the main bottlenecks that we all have is optimizing our brain performance. And so what we started off with was something called blue canatine. And blue canatine is a mixture or a blend of four ingredients, CBD, methylene blue, nicotine, and caffeine. So nicotine and caffeine are our main stimulants in there. And nicotine has a bad rap. And I know we spoke about this a lot on the first podcast, but nicotine is a fantastic cognitive enhancer. It's really not as addictive as people think it is if you're not smoking it or vaping it. It's a very, something that the uh, people have been using for you know, years and years and years, like nicotine gums and nicotine patches, and people don't get addicted to these per se. They've been addicted to the cigarettes beforehand. Um, and so nicotine is actually been studied in Alzheimer's and studied in mild cognitive impairment. And the, the, the addictive profile is much less when you're not also using the additives that are in tobacco smoke and, and vaping products, for example. And so it's also the onset of action, right? So when you vape or smoke, you get instant nicotine, as opposed to in a trochee, you're getting it over 15 or 30 minutes and a much lower dose. So a cigarette has like six milligrams to 24 milligrams of nicotine. We have one milligram in a full trochee. Of, of blue canteen, for example. We all know caffeine already. Caffeine is a stimulant. It's the most widely used nootropic in the world. And then there is CBD, which is anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective. And we can talk more about any of these things if you guys want again. And then of course there's methylene blue, which is the beautiful tongue color that Lauren has at the moment and that I didn't get to yet this morning. And <laughs> Me methylene too. blue is the real interesting part of, of both of our nootropics because methylene blue is the only ingredient in our other nootropic, which is called Just Blue. And that's 16 milligrams of, of methylene blue as opposed to five milligrams in blue canatine, which is synergizing with those other ingredients. But methylene blue is this amazing ingredient that's been around for a long time that has all these different ways it works on the mitochondria, helping you make energy more effectively. It actually works even if you don't have oxygen around to make like oxygen and make more energy. And it also has this effect on neurotransmitters to help release things like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine to help with uh, with your mood and with with your overall feeling of of happiness, actually, and it, at, at the same time, it's also got antifungal, antiviral, and antibacterial properties. And so, we're mostly using it for its mitochondrial upgrades because we have the most mitochondria in the areas that in the areas in our body that are working the hardest. So, in our brain, in our heart, in our liver is where the most mitochondria are. And so that's, as you can imagine, that's probably how you can see why the things that I just mentioned, how methylene blue works, and because it's concentrating in those particular areas. And so from a cognitive performance perspective, it's extremely helpful, but it's also supporting the system as well. 
And that's really an important piece of this is that you have things that kind of clock your system, nootropics that kind of clock it, like some nicotine, caffeine, what are other ones, like some of like the paracetams, obviously Adderall, these are all kind of clocking the system. They're, they're shoving the system up. They're increasing the, the tone. They're stimulating the system. And so when you're stimulating the system, if you don't have an optimized foundation, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, you can eventually overclock and you can get you know, some deleterious effects of this. But methylene blue is a little bit different because it's actually supporting the system at the same time. So we like to call this our health optimization nootropic. Um, because it's got that health optimization piece of it as well. It's got the performance part as well, because it helps with energy production, et cetera, but it's also supporting the system. So anyway, long story short, uh, blue catatine, our first nootropic is what we call our launching nootropic. It gives you that stimulant kind of feel, but it supports you and it's a rise over about 15 to 30 minutes. And you feel cognitively in there in tune for about three to four hours-ish, depending on the person. And then there's no come down at the end because you have this CBD in the product, which tends to help with the relaxation. And, and it also helps with the neuroprotection as well, along with the methylene blue, which is supporting the system. So that's the one we came out with initially. It was in February, 2020. So about a, less than a month before the pandemic, it was interesting timing. And then we came out with Just Blue, which was our pure methylene blue trochee in, I think right before our other episode, the, the, our first episode, mm-hmm. which was... Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were just about to come out with our pure methylene blue trochee. And that's been fantastically successful. We were actually quite surprised because it doesn't give you a kick for most people. It doesn't give you that, that locked sort of feeling. It doesn't give you that lot. I mean, even blue canatine doesn't give you that sort of tunnel vision, but it gives you that feeling that you're, you know, that you're focused. And, but just blue has this sort of more subtle energy rise that people that you can feel. I actually, I actually prefer it on some level because for me, it's more subtle and I can just kind of roll through the entire day without feeling any dips as I go through the day. And then we have people that are athletes that are using it as well for that extra boost throughout their workouts and endurance, et cetera. But yeah, that's- I prefer it as well. I mean, I, I like both. There's different situations. I, I will use blue canatine for a podcast. So I get that energy right. boost and it's so different than coffee. And I drink really clean coffee. That's not, you know, it's tested to have not have any mold and I have adaptogens in it, but there's still like, you finish your coffee and there's like a little lull and then you want another one <laughs> with this. I am yeah. good to go. I'm in the zone. And then methylene blue, just the methylene blue has been really powerful. I actually completely ran out of my stock because I was exposed to the virus started getting a viral load and having mm. some symptoms. Mm. So I kind of took that prophylactically, like right at the beginning, because I was afraid of getting respiratory symptoms. And also I was concerned for my mitochondria. I wanted to support it. Mm. I never got respiratory symptoms. I'm not sure if I can make that claim, but <laughs> I certainly <can't. laughs> I ran through my, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Lauren, I, I had, had the a same good experience. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did the pure blue and I never ended up with really bad respiratory stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, those are really great. It's really great feedback for the, just the compound itself, methylene blue. Of course, we don't make any claims that our products treat COVID or viruses or bacteria or anything else. Right. Methylene blue was used at higher concentrations for, for these reasons many years ago, uh, before there were antibiotics, it was used as the major treatment for malaria. It was used for urinary tract infections because it concentrates in the urine, as you both very much know, and your partners likely know from the <laughs> toilets. So yeah. um, it does I kind of love when that happens. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, it's working. It's working. Yeah. Um, Sometimes but- I forget though, and I'm like, what? Oh, right. Oh, right. I am a Smurf. Uh But there's actually, so outside of transcriptions, there's some really interesting research that has been done on methylene blue 
in combination with photodynamic therapy, so from like from light exposure, in combination for killing all different types of viruses, in, including coronavirus. There's actually a couple of companies that have reached out to me recently that are using this combination therapeutically for COVID right now. So I think it's mm. super interesting. I don't know what dosing of methylene blue they're using. I don't know if it's low dose or high dose, um, but what we know is that it's helping protect that energy production at the cellular level, even if there's not oxygen getting into the, into the cell, which is really interesting because usually you need oxygen to get to your cells to make energy because it's the final electron acceptor in the electron transport chain, but methylene blue can do the same thing. And then, so are you able to sort of maintain that energy production and at the same time using it as an antiviral with the combination of light therapy, which is super interesting. So I think there's more to come on that. I, the thing about methylene blue that people don't like, although we love, of course, as a company is that it makes everything blue. So it's good for Instagram and, and for marketing, but I love it. That's, that's why I ran out of favor. And of course, it's also off patent, right? So there's no money that any drug company can make on methylene blue itself. Although there's some companies that are trying to change it and modify it a little bit so they can make it into a drug for these various purposes. So there's more you're gonna see. There's actually mm. one cancer company, a, a chemotherapy company or a drug company that's making a chemotherapy with methylene blue derivative as the main piece of that chemotherapeutic drug. So wow. it's certainly, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that it was thought to just to be a dye for blue jeans back in the 1870s. That's what, how it started. And then it became something for malaria and everything else. So it's a really, it was the first drug that was registered with the FDA back in, I think, the 1890s. And so it's 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 been around a long time. And we're just it's just really coming back into into the fore. But I'm really happy to hear about both of your experiences. Renee, I knew about yours uh, because you mentioned uh, your recovery. But Lauren, I'm, I'm really happy to hear you recovered so quickly and so and so well. Yeah, it was really recently. And so and then that kind of made me spiral and start looking at my respiratory rate, which mm. on my aura ring, my aura ring did not pick up that I had the virus or any symptoms, probably because my respiratory rate tends to be a little bit higher already. So, and there wasn't any change. So I thought that was interesting. You didn't pick mm. up on it, but I was like, oh, okay. It's always high. I should probably take a deeper dive on this. So now I'm pretty obsessed with all things respiration and oxygen. So I'm so glad that we're, <laughs> we have you on today to talk about this because I know you're such an expert on this. So, so was your respiratory rate elevated before your, your COVID exposure yeah, as well? Yeah, it generally hangs a little higher, always. Okay. Or at least as, as long as I've been measuring with Aura Ring. And now I have the bio strap, which has just double confirmed that it's- Got it. Five. And how tall are you, Lauren? 5'4". Five, 5'4". Four. Five, four. Okay. You look I just taller. like stood up a little taller when you, you asked me You look taller. I was you like, are you that tall? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because you look taller on the on the Zoom screen here. You know? I think it's because you have like a longer frame, right? So. Well, I am standing. Well, that, that helps. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> Oh yeah. I can't sit at yeah. this desk. It's too high. <laughs> yeah. When it comes yeah. down to, to oxygenation, I mean, the idea really is that our body is trying to maintain a homeostasis, right? We're trying to maintain a homeostasis between how much oxygen we're, we're bringing in and how much carbon dioxide that we're bringing out. And everybody's metabolic rates is going to be a little bit different, but you can measure these in clinical settings. You can go to labs, you can check things like VO2 maxes, which is the amount of minute to minute oxygen ventilation that you're using. And then you can get indications uh, from these kinds of testing and from respiratory rates, for example, as to what might be happening metabolically. But oftentimes what I think about with, with respiratory rates or even you know COVID risk or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Like 
what COVID has really been able to do, I think, is, I mean, people like you, like the three of us on this call, we care about health already. We're already optimizing ourselves. We're already using the biohacking tools. You know, we're wearing our glasses and we're doing our sleep and getting in the hyperbaric chambers. At least I am, you know, I have one. You know, I'm lucky there, but. So lucky. Not in my current house, but when the one I'm moving into soon, it'll, it'll have it. Nice. In the Bay Area, I don't have enough room, <laughs> but I can go to places. But, yeah, um, that's half I, your what, house. Yeah, yeah what, what I mean, though, is that there's been a nice shift in part of it's fear based, of course, but like people care about how their health is now. They keep they care about not just you know whether they're going to survive something, but whether they can actually prevent or you know, or mitigate before you get something, which is the preemption part that most of us don't care about. We're very much human in, in the sense of you know, what's the thing that's going to fix me now? What am I doing right now? Where's the squirrel? You know, whatever it might yeah. be. Where's the magic pill, etc. So I think COVID's been really good for uh, this shift in. In, in focusing on, on health a little bit more. Now, of course, there's the anxiety component and there's all the, the other aspects of, of COVID that have really gone through the roof. And we can talk about that later as a foreshadowing. However, but when it comes to optimizing your health, whenever somebody comes to see me or in the framework that I use, it's always about, okay, whatever you're likely symptomatic from is not just what you're symptomatic window might look like. It's probably bigger than that. It's probably more underlying. We're all, we've been all on this planet for however many years. And it's really important to think about, you know, what is that foundational health look like for you? And that's what health optimization medicine and the concierge practice that I have related to that is about. It's about looking at vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidant levels, gut health, immune system, foods that we're eating, and looking at all of that first, or at least at the same time as trying to address some of the more overlying symptoms that you might have, right? If, so for example, if it's breathing for you, Lauren, you're obviously working on various breathing techniques to help decrease your respiratory rate. You're already working on your recovery. You're doing mindfulness practices. You're doing meditation, all those things. But at the same time, you're like, well, is this a symptom of something else, right? Is this some, a symptom of something else that might be maybe, maybe low grade? So you live in New York City. Are you getting inflamed in some way that's causing your system to have more of a reaction? And then you're working at a higher metabolic rate to sort of compensate. The body is really amazing at compensating until it can't. But it really does. I mean, that's why most people are pretty healthy, although it's changing. Until you're about 35 years of age, you're pretty resilient. I mean, the body is an amazing kind of Mm -hmm. thing where it, it is able to keep you kind of pieced together until all of a sudden <laughs> things start dropping off after about 30, 35 years age. And then things, you know, the wheels fall off the cart. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'll be 30, I'll be 35 in five months. Oh no, no, it's okay. You're going to be fine. <laughs> done, You're done. Done. You're going to be fine. Yeah. The tipping point changes. I always say what works in your twenties is not going to work for you in your thirties, forties. And people just are just like, Oh, aging. It's like, well, no, you probably were adding a lot of stressors to your body before, but could handle it. And then one day your body's yeah. like, ah, Right. The idea with with health optimization medicine is that we're trying to shift back all those levels in vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and hormones back to that age group where you were 21 to 30 years of age and trying to simulate your physiology when you were back in your 20s. I mean, that's only that only can go so far. Of course, everything as we get older does have to be modified to some degree or another. Um, so yeah, 35 for some people, Renee, I think, I think you're good. You're, you're going to be fine for a couple okay. more years. Be smooth sailing through that. Uh, you've been working okay. on the biohacking thing for a while. People like me, <laughs> and I didn't start until I was 35. So, so it's been, okay. you, know, you have all these years where you're thinking that you're, you're, eat, you're eating healthy, that you're moving healthy, but then you realize you weren't and, or that you were doing 
or you're a lot more resilient, of course, you know, when you're 21, yeah. you, you can take four hours of sleep and be fine for the next, you know, a couple of days when now you have four hours, you're just like dead. Right? Oh, God. And so, so wild to even <laughs> imagine that anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's the framework that I think about Lauren, when it comes to oxygenation, I always bring, I bring it back to the cellular side of things, right? What is, what is happening on the cellular side and then kind of building, building from there. Yeah. So I'm always looking at direct inputs, but I know as a health coach, we have to zoom out and look back in history, like look at things that happened when we were children. And of course, Renee and I were both ballet dancers. So I was thinking about the breathing and sucking in our stomachs and, you know, trying to look good in the mirror. And I, I think I was conditioned over so much time to not belly breathe. And so mm-hmm. even though now I'm always belly breathing, I'm always telling my clients to belly breathe. Like, I feel like I'm very aware of it, but it's just like with a client that wants something to change in a month or two months. You're like, but how much time did it take to get here? It's so much exactly. time to unwind. Exactly. So I'm assuming that's a big underlying factor, but also, yes, I live in New York City. It is really toxic here. So <laughs> probably fighting a couple yeah. battles. Yeah, you live in an old building. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm sure I'm, and they're all pretty much old in New York City. And yeah. it's, it's, yeah, New York City is a tough environment for uh, maintaining your health because of obviously things like sunlight exposure, and clean air and clean water and no mold in your apartments. Uh, but it's so fun. It's so exciting and vibrant. I grew yeah, up in New York, as I, don't I told really you. Think that yeah. <laughs> I grew up in, on Long Island, as I, as I was mentioning before we started. And I always loved going to New York City as a kid, but I always loved leaving New York City as well. Now, I think when yes. like in your 20s and you're in your most resilient time frame, I think it would have been fun to live there for a couple of years with some friends. Oh, it's but... great. It is so great. How many years have you been in New York, Lauren? 18. Wow. Almost 19. Yeah, 2002. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. A while. <laughs> but I'm like that. Like I go to New York for two days and I'm like, okay, it's been great. I'm out. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't live there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have things to balance it. Like I have to get sunshine every day. I have to do my things to keep myself kind of in my, in my own little bubble, but, and I haven't been, Broadway hasn't been open right for the right. last year. And they're talking about reopening soon. And they've been discussing cleaning strategies for the theaters, which tend to be moldy, dark, dusty, like all the things we don't want for our health. And I think it's so interesting that it took this pandemic to have this discussion about having clean air and filtration in the theaters. Like we should have always had this. Why? Why did it take so long? Airplanes too. I mean, I think that it's nice that the airplanes will be cleaner now for everybody. I agree with that. I do obviously on the flip side of this, of course, worry about things being too clean. And also, uh, yeah. and also the chemicals, chemicals that we're using in the environment to clean the air or clean the planes or whatever. I mean, the issue that I have, you know, I have four kids and I, I do worry about my kids haven't been sick in a year and that's not normal. And obviously I have parents that, I, that are around me say, oh, it's so fantastic. My kids haven't been sick. Nobody's been home. I'm like, no, no, that's not a good thing. They need to get sick. No. And that's yeah, how they, their immune systems. That's how they prune their immune systems. And so you're going to see this rash. I mean, it's, I don't even think this is a hard prediction to make. I think in the next 20 years, you're going to see like autoimmunity is going to go through the roof because yep. all these kids and adults, young adults and even older adults that have been so clean that they're not getting their immune systems any exposure. And so mm-hmm. this is like the hygiene hypothesis, like to the exponents. And so it's, right. I, I'm extremely worried about that. Now, of course, there, there are some things that are good about it, I, I, but I am worried that things are kind of gone, unfortunately, like anything else in the world. It's not like there's a middle ground. It's either like dirty, like your your Broadway shows before, or like now like clean and you're breathing in chemicals. Like there's no in between, right? So. Right, yeah. just completely and, sterile. 
definitely concerned about like the surface cleaners and whatever they're spraying. I'm happy that they're getting HVAC in there, but yes. Yeah. Better HVAC for sure. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. Yeah. It's an interesting it's time. It's an interesting time. And it's yeah. something that I, I think about a lot recently, obviously with my kids and, and, I, and with my own practice and there is just, and with the people that I know, and I'm sure you guys know that are very, very worried about everything now. And like all the, all the anxiety out there about, you know, what to do, what not to do, what to wear a mask and not wear a mask and, and, or to touch things and not touch things. And I'm like, it's, it's a lot for people. It's a lot for people now. And, and I certainly understand that it's, it's a difficult time for, for many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The anxiety and stress for the last 18 months has been through the roof for most people, Yeah, which yeah. is, I know that's another topic of conversation you're really passionate about helping people right. reduce stress, reduce anxiety. Um, I know you do a lot of that through lifestyle things, but there's also some ingredients Maybe Indeed. that we can be using to help support that. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So the company, the transcriptions company, obviously, we're all, most of us are clinicians, and so we see people all the time, and we see what's happening. And I obviously this, I work part time in the hospital as well, so I see that not only on the on the the outpatient wellness side, but I also see in the acute clinical care side. And I think there is a couple uh, statistics, and I can't quote them exactly, but I think when the pandemic started. The, the rise in anxiety prescriptions went up about 15 or 20% for some of the most addictive drugs out there, the benzodiazepine family, the, the Ativans, mm. the Valiums, the Xanaxes, those kinds of things. And I didn't know it was like a big thing for like high school students as well. Like they have like Xanax parties. Did you know about this? This is all new to oh, me. No. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. We didn't do yes. that when I was in high school. No, because I think there's so much anxiety, you know, coming, starting from when kids are in high school now. And mm-hmm. obviously because they're home and they're, not with their friends and all that aspect. So even there's a huge amount of additional anxiety there, but just overall, the amount of anxiety out there now is just through the roof. It's more than I've ever seen. And for, there was one year when I finished medical school in my residency that I worked in a primary care practice in Baltimore where I trained. And I would say about 60% of people that I saw, what they really were coming in for was anxiety. I mean, what they really were coming in for was stuff related to stress, and you know, whether it be life stress or relationship stress, work stress, whatever it might be. And then they were manifesting in these various symptoms, whether it be chest pain or shortness of breath, you know, breathing issues, uh, abdominal pain, whatever you want to say. And so what the primary care doctors would do would prescribe them antidepressants for their medical problems, which was fatigue or anxiety or whatever. And so it's just not the way to do things, right? We know that the most holistic way of approaching this is from, a, from the ground up. You know, what are we doing on a daily basis? What are our daily practices, the sunlight we're getting, the food, the water, the magnetism, all that kind of stuff. All the basic stuff is really important. And so that's where I focus with most of my clients. But there are reasons for people to take things when they're just getting to be too much and they need additional support along the way. And so the next transcriptions product that's coming out is something called Trocom. And so the idea here is to bring something to the market that can be a way for people to relieve stress and tension when they need to. And in a way that also uh, is sort of couched in this greater idea of optimizing our health and understanding this is just one tool in the toolbox, but we really should be looking at what are our daily practices to help you. But we all need things sometimes. And so, (laughs) especially if people have issues with anxiety or stress before they go to bed, um, that's a big one. So people can't sleep because they're anxious before they go to bed. So we know CBD is pretty good for that. And and so we've created a, a product that's pretty novel in its constitution or its ingredients. Now, I work with one of the craziest doctors that I've ever met, Dr. Ted Achikosa, whose <laughs> formulation skills are 
I don't know where he gets his ideas sometimes. Some of our additional R&D that we're working on now is is out of control, <laughs> to say the least. But, um, <laughs> That's so fun, but, though. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. So much fun. But um, so what we've done with this first product called Trocom is we've combined one ingredient that some of you may have heard of. It's called kava. Um, kava is it's actually indigenous in the in the South Pacific, and it's a plant that's known for its relaxation qualities. It's also got some interesting additional qualities as well, which I can mention, but it actually works on the main inhibitory neurotransmitter in our brain called GABA. And so GABA is a, a, trans, a neurotransmitter that decreases uh, firing of our brain, of some of the more excitatory neurotransmitters, something like glutamate, for example. And so GABA is a way, when GABA is more pronounced, it lets the brain relax. It lets anxiety come down. And so it's a natural GABAergic stimulus. So it helps with GABA. And so Kava has been used traditionally in the South Pacific for many, many years. And now you're seeing more and more companies coming out with it in the US for its relaxation qualities. It also has some additional qualities that help with neurotransmitter release. It's got something called MAOI capability. So that's a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. So it helps with some of the neurotransmitters uh, staying around longer like dopamine and serotonin. So it helps with your mood. It helps with kind of increasing your, your focus a little bit too, interestingly enough. So the idea for us with this product was we don't want just somebody to want to lay on the couch and just go to bed if they don't want to. You have like, like, like blue canatine and just blue, you can, this is a trochee that you can break up into four squares from the big square. And we dosed it in a way that you know, one little square, so one quarter of a dose is going to make you feel more relaxed, but still focused. If you want to continue to get your work done and do what you want to do, half a trochee for most people is going to make them feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit less focused. And then three quarters to a full turkey is going to be sort of on the other end of the spectrum, which is more calm, less focused. And so if you're having an anxiety attack or you're feeling very anxious, you're going to want to go on sort of like the three quarters to full turkey side of things. But if you're just feeling like a little hyper and you just want to come down a little bit so that you can be more focused, because what's interesting about being stressed or having anxiety is that our frontal lobe shuts off. So we are not thinking as well as we could. And this is why Navy SEALs and others do so much training to be able to focus inside of really stressful situations. Their frontal lobes, their executive function doesn't shut down. In fact, they actually, with stress, they actually get more blood flow to these areas rather than less. This is something you can train over time. But the idea is that when you're really anxious, just like you know, when you're rushing to find your car keys, like rushing doesn't make it any easier to find your car keys. It makes it harder, harder. because you can't find them because you're like, oh shit, I can't find my car keys. Oh shit, I'm late. Like so. You, it's harder for you to find stuff if you're more anxious. It's harder for you to have a conversation, a podcast, a relationship when you're more anxious because you're just sort of in like fight or flight mode, right? So the idea is that we've dosed it in a way that if you take a quarter, it should take off the edge and allow you to continue to focus. But the more you take, the more relaxed you become. And so I don't think you guys have dug in too much in Kava. I know you're going to have a couple experts coming on soon, but it's, it's a very versatile product. I mean, there are some people that have heard bad things about kava with liver failure and like liver problems. The key with all of our supplements, glucanatine, just blue, is that we only get from the best sources available. And so you don't want things contaminated with other crap, like your fish tank cleaner. You don't want to do that. So, and so it's really important that you get kava from sources that you really do trust. And so we have a very trusted source for kava for what we're using. And so that's the, the main, one of the main ingredients. Uh, we also are using, do you want to talk about kava at all before we, we move to any of the other ingredients? Well, I just want to say I first tried kava sort of 
by accident. <laughs> Maybe nine, almost 10 years ago, I went to Hawaii. I was there on vacation mm. and I went to a bar and I, I didn't feel like drinking that night. And I saw at the very end of the bar, a big vat of this, you know, brown liquid. And it said, whatever the name of the bar was, it was like uncle, uncle, somebody's kava. Sure. And it was marketed as a non-alcoholic alternative. I was like, right. great. I'm going to drink that tea at the end of the counter. Ooh. I was on another planet. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how it, much you actually had. Yeah. I'm sure I had way more than I should have. I felt really relaxed. I was like, oh, what is this kava stuff? Yes. So it, some people equate the feeling to having a couple drinks of alcohol. So that's why it's often uh, in those kinds of places as, as, the, as the alcohol alternative. But what's interesting about kava is that it's got this relaxation quality, but you don't feel sedated in the sense that it's got this additional piece where it's actually releasing some of these neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And so you feel a little bit more awake. You like So dopamine obviously is your reward center and, and serotonin is your mood. So your mood is a little bit elevated. You're a little bit more, a little bit like you're, you have, you know, dopamine's thought about the sort of like as your egotistical hormone, like, ooh, this is so good. <laughs> or I feel so good. And, and so yeah. you kind of got that little <laughs> ego thing there. So it's got this sort of interesting balance between the two, which is which is really interesting. And so you'll see a lot of kava bars. There's one in San Francisco, for example. Oh, I did not know that was cool. a thing, but I have taken it at home here in New York. My boyfriend and I, like on the weekends, we like to turn on music and have, you know, our own dance parties in the living room. And nice. we've taken kava and it, it's great. Like it doesn't yeah. make us sleepy. We're like, all right, we're having a good time. Yeah. So it just takes you down a little bit. Like it's it's kind of yeah. like what we were talking about. It takes you down a little bit of a notch, but it doesn't really disturb your focus or your ability totally. to kind of you know keep awake in the sense that if you have too much kava, yes, that's you know, if you have a lot, it's gonna make you sleepy. But if you have mm -hmm. if you have just a small amount, which is what we have in our in our formula, the active ingredient of kava is what are called cavaloctones. These are the active ingredients inside the kava plant. I think there's about 12 of them, if I'm not mistaken but you'll learn more about all the specifics when you have somebody that's more of an expert than me. But the idea is that all of them are working on these various pathways, but mostly becoming like a GABAergic type of stimulus, so an inhibitory neurotransmitter, and at the same time, working on those neurotransmitter uh, pathways that help with mood and reward centers as well. So yeah, super cool. cool. And then, so we didn't get away from the cannabinoids. We also have a very novel cannabinoid in this formula called CBG or cannabigerol is how you say it. So we all know about CBD already. Cannabidrol is a very interesting cannabinoid. It doesn't work on the endocannabinoid system at all. It actually works on other neurotransmitter and other, uh, and other pathways entirely. And what's interesting about it, it's a very small amount in most cannabis plants. And this is sort of non-psychoactive, okay? Um, it's not like THC, it, but it has a, the mild sedative capability. And it also has a mild analgesic or decreased pain portion of it as well. And so we think it's working on a type of receptor called the alpha two agonist receptors, but it doesn't matter. But the, in, the, in, in the end, what it's doing is it's working on these various pathways outside of the endocannabinoid system to decrease tone. So decrease stress, relax you. And so there's also some pain relief. So if people have pain, which can cause anxiety and obviously both, it, all, it can have a significant effect on, on that as well. And so uh, cannabidrol is a relatively new 
CBG is a relatively new cannabinoid. It's mostly been studied in animals, although there have been some human studies. There's some interesting work that's being done on neurodegenerative disease as well, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. It also have, may have a metabolic piece of it as well, helping with insulin sensitivity and glucose control as well. Oh, cool. And so it's got some really interesting qualities. And so we're using an, an isolate form of this. So it's pure CBG that's coming from one of our manufacturers or one of our, one of our suppliers. And so we're combining that, uh, the cannabidrol, with the kava, and then the third ingredient is CBD. And we all know about CBD already. CBD works on the endocannabinoid system directly, and it helps with you know, decreasing um, endocannabinoid tone. So it will actually increases cannabinoid, endocannabinoid tone. There's two cannabinoids that we make in our body, endocannabinoids, right? They're, these are the two ones that are made in our body. One is called, um, it's called ananamide, which is like our bliss chemical. And the other one's called, uh, it's good two something, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Uh, 2-AG. Um, and 2-AG is they're the two ones that are made in our own, our body's own. So we have our own system in our body that makes these chemicals that the these cannabinoids are coming in and are using that system to make their effects, right? So what CBD actually does is it prevents the breakdown of that first one, the anandamide, which is our bliss chemical. So it makes us feel blissful. It makes us feel like that. We used to think that the runner's high was endorphins, but the runner's high is probably anandamide, actually, instead of endorphins or, or hmm. neurochemicals related to neuropinephrine and neurotransmitters. And so, oh, yeah, so CBD is, it's got this, it rises the amount of anandamide in the system. It helps with neuroprotection, it's anti-inflammatory. And so um, we have these three ingredients. And then we, our fourth ingredient is something called nicotinyl GABA, which is a very interesting version of GABA that is bound to something called like a nicotinyl group for the biochemistrists out there, but it basically makes it easier for it to go through the blood-brain barrier and helps work on the brain to help with, uh, with, with stress, tension, anxiety, et cetera. And so that one actually works specifically on the GABA system as well. So we have the GABA system being worked on by that one, the nicotinyl GABA. We have the GABA system we're working on with the kava. And then in between, we have the, the endocannabinoid system and some additional receptors that are responsible for, for analgesia, pain, and, and anxiety. So it's coming at it at, at four different ways, basically, and for profound effects. The testing has been amazing. I mean, we've had people testing it. I need, I need to get you guys some as well to test, but deep sleep scores going through the roof, uh, oh. but also having, especially for those that have issues with anxiety before going to bed. And then also uh, just significant tension and stress reduction in, in the ways that I've just described, in the ways of the dosing as I've described for most people so far. So a quarter of a dose, half a, a quarter of a trochee, half a trochee, full trochee, depending on what's required. One guy uh, that, that everybody knows he's famous, but I can't use his name, would, would tell me if I'm having an anxiety attack, a half a trochee is what, is what I need kind of thing. Now, others would say I need a full trochee because I'm you know, having a, real, a big anxiety kind of filled day. But most of the people that we've been working on, on the, the biohacker side of things, and what's interesting is that biohackers don't like to think that we have anxiety, that we have stress. But of course we do. <laughs> of course we do. And, and so what's been interesting for me is that obviously our first group of people that we've been testing these on have been the biohackers because you, you guys are the early adopters and pro optimal performers, et cetera. And, and I was interested to see, but, but, I, but that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people like, oh man, this is great. I can, my stress levels down, my sleep scores are better. I feel more focused and calm. So this is not just in people that have what we call clinical syndromes where they need to see doctors and be on medications. This is in people that have, you know, day-to-day -day kinds of things that can really benefit from just a little bit more, just a little bit more of a relaxation and a little bit of a calm. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about this is that there's nothing addicting in it. There's no, 
there's nothing in here that you can get addicted to and feel like you need to take every day. Um, and we obviously will have limits as how many we think you should be taking daily, but there's no, all these compounds are very safe and they've been tested and, and we don't have any worries about that over the long term. As long as you're also obviously doing the work of your daily practices and, and meditating and not just saying, I'm just going to take that transcriptions because I have stress and tension. It's like, okay, right, like a band-aid. why do I have stress yeah. and tension? Let's, right. let's work on that while I'm working on that. Here's something that can help me, you know, kind of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. like that. You always lead with that. There's, you know, there's no magic pill and this is not about just taking the pill or the supplement have to have the underlying foundation. It can certainly be helpful, just like antidepressants are helpful for people that are suicidal or very, very depressed. Like sometimes you need to be on drugs to help you. That's totally okay. And there's there's a place for those kinds of things and a place for these kinds of supplements to help you along the way if you don't need to see a doctor and get a medical prescription. But it's, yeah, yeah you're missing the boat if you're just focused on the supplement or the pill uh, or the practice. If it's not yeah. couched on the, the daily things that you do or weekly things that you do to, to, to optimize your life and your stress. And there's no THC in this, right? No. Okay. So there's no psychoactive components to yeah. this at all. There's uh, the THC obviously is the psychoactive component of the cannabis plant. And so we use isolates for everything. So we know exactly how much CBG, how much, uh, how much kava, how much nicotinoid GABA and how much uh, CBD are in the product always. And so we're very, very specific about that. But certainly no THC in this product, no. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to hear you don't that. Do, don't do THC? I don't do THC either. No, it no, it destroys me, so. <laughs> Did you ever do your genetics? So you can check your genetics now, your cannabis genetics. And there's a, a company called EndoCanna DNA or Endo, Endo DNA. Uh, but they're an interesting company. Uh, right. He's a guy that you might want to have on your podcast at some, t- some point. His name's Len that runs the company. And what I found out from that is that I have a genetic predis- predisposition for THC-induced schizophrenia. Wow. Yes. Um, my husband has that. I did see that on his report. I didn't see that on my report, but, um, my reaction is my heart rate skyrockets. Mm. So you get a tachycardia. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is really scary. (laughs) Yeah. I understand. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that could be anxiety inducing, of course. And that's one of the ways it's like a vicious cycle. You hear your heart beating and then you get more anxious and then you hear it and you get more anxious. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I just don't do THC. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't do THC either, but the good thing about if you're going to do THC, you're also going to want to have it with some CBD as well, because CBD has this way of counteracting some of the psychoactive effects of the THC and actually modulating some of those receptors that I just talked about. And mm-hmm. so as a result of it, uh, that's why if I'm ever going to have THC, which I don't typically have it, but if I do, it's going to be a very high ratio. It's going to be like a 10 or 20 to one. So you have, wow. you're having a little bit of THC, but mostly a CBD kind of formula. Uh, but if THC oh, yeah. can work really well for other people for pain, for anxiety, for sleep, it certainly does work. Uh, but there also is that the part of it, which is it doesn't, it, it certainly is going to make you less focused in general. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people with pain, they don't see as much benefit from just the CBD. They need both, but right. I like that there's a balancing effect just to take the edge off. Mm-hmm. We're working on something for pain as well, actually. And of course so, you are. Uh, okay. It's not going to be psychoactive. <laughs> but it's going to have these novel ingredients together in a similar way. And the, but the, the idea with pain is a little bit different. People that are in pain just really need to be out of pain. It's really difficult to be in chronic pain. Uh, and yeah. I know this from experience. And so it's, it's, but of course it's, it's still important what you're doing on a daily basis, but having things that are not addictive and having additional things that are not uh, prescribed can be very, very helpful. So we're hoping to have something out by the end of this year, fingers crossed, we'll have something for pain that's going to have novel cannabinoids in it. It's going to have 
additional supplements and it's going to have some additional plants in it that I will talk about soon, but not at the liberty to talk about quite yeah. yet. Yeah. That's exciting. But, yeah. But the, the idea always is, you know, how can you hit this from multiple ways in the sense of like, not just one pathway, uh, looking at various ways you can synergize together, just like we've done with glucanatine as well. It's like this synergistic low dose ecosystem in a trochee that we're creating for your body to use these things in a very safe way, in a synergistic way together. Because in general, I find that what happens typically is that if you're just taking one thing over a long period of time, uh, a couple of different things can happen. One is you can get a tolerance to it. So some people need more of certain things. And this is one thing that I've been asked about for Blucanatine and Just Blue and for our Trocom that's coming out as well. When, you, when you're having a low dose ingredients, it typically doesn't happen. And it's when you're taking higher dose of things, like that's typically when you can create tolerance. And interestingly, we think there might be some tolerance if you're doing high dose CBD over a long period of time, but there isn't, at least so far in the research, any indications that kava causes any tolerance. And it actually might have the reverse tolerance if you have, it can actually cause you to be more sensitive to it over time, interestingly enough. Um, so there are certain things out there, but you know, tolerance is something to, to be thinking about. But in, in blucanatine and, and in trocon, we're keeping things at very, very low dose. And it's just the synergistic potential of these things. So it doesn't seem to create any tolerance over the long term, as far as we can tell. That's very, very cool. cool. Yeah, because right now, like on my counter, you know, I have a bottle of kava, I have a bottle of CBD, and then I have a bottle of um, some other things that kind of support, sure, you know, GABA and melatonin and things like that. But the CBD, I have noticed that I'm taking more and more and more, and I'm like, okay, I need to maybe cut back on that. Yeah, so to I reset like the your receptors. Idea the, yeah. Yeah, 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 I like the idea yeah. of the synergy. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it's well, like anything else. It's all feedback loops in the body, right? The feedback right. loops, you know, the body is purely feedback loops. And so if you're getting too much of something, the body sees that it's going to make less of it or prevent you from getting as much in the cells by making less receptors so that you can bring it in the cells, the kind of thing. Mm. I just think it's so easy to take a little bit of time off because CBD is so expensive. <laughs> when I run out of my bottle, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take two weeks off because right, like I'm always it's, buying it. And I also do think that, I mean, depends on your clinical diagnosis. Like if you have like a medical diagnosis or on a medical prescription, I don't recommend just stopping your meds and not talking to your doctor about it. But with supplements and for various things like coffee, for example, it's good to cycle off these kinds of things, to mm -hmm. freshen up your receptors, to kind of detoxify a little bit, if you want to call it that, or just, just, re, you know, just let things go for a little while. It's good for our psyche. It's good for a lot of different things. You know, a lot of the challenge with the people in our, in the worlds of biohacking and, and things is that we tend to have the opposite issue. Like, oh my God, I missed my supplements or, oh my God, I had fried chicken or I had whatever. Right. And like, it becomes like, its own anxiety laden thing. So it's, it's, Oh good my to... God, my aura ring wasn't charged. I didn't get my data. Yeah. No data. That is the worst. No data. And so they call it like dopamine fasts, like no phones, no, but for, uh, for bio biohackers, it's like the biohacking fast, right? Going to biohacking fast, like just yeah. have a normal life, no biohacking, no tracking, do that for a couple of weeks, every once in a while, don't yeah. drink coffee for a couple of weeks. I mean, these, these things aren't potentially easy, especially not drinking coffee, but, I mean, but you can do these things in, in various ways. You can take some, there's, there's ways to mitigate it and not make it as terrible. Kind of thing, so. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan to challenge yourself. I mean, you get the detox and the reset, but also we should be doing hard things. And that's, that's a hard I, thing. I tell my kids that all the time. We do hard things, right? It's not about just doing what's easy, but of course we want our days to be easy and flow. But the idea is that we're, we're challenging ourselves as we're going through that flow in the sense of what mm -hmm. we're doing and, and how we're trying to improve our lives and the people of, that, we, that, that we love and the people that we take care of. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love using the blue canatine 
instead of coffee. I know that's kind of cheating a little bit, but but it helps me get through the day without coffee yeah. every once in a while. It's only a quarter cup like, of coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's a quarter cup of coffee. It's a 50 yeah. milligrams of caffeine. So it's- Oh, uh, I wish I didn't know that because I'm always avoiding my coffee, but now I'm going to drink the coffee. And- <laughs> oh no. Earmuffs. No. You didn't hear that. <laughs> no. So actually that's the way I stopped drinking coffee is I, I use blue canatine to take myself off. And they can use yeah. things like L-theanine and other kinds of adaptogens to help with your, I mean, you guys know all this stuff. And, and so, yeah. but there's ways to kind of come off the coffee to make it so it's not as terrible. But, you know, coffee, right. and, you know, coffee is a good example. I mean, it's a stimulant, right? It's, it's a, what we would call like a performance optimizing nootropic. And over time, it's going to overclock your system. It's going to mess your hormones up. It's going to mess with your melatonin levels and things. So it's, excuse me, it's really good to stop it. Yeah. You reset all that stuff and then use it intermittently and maybe not every day, although people, I mean, I'm the same. I love the taste of coffee. It's hard, but it's, it's so yeah. delicious. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Like <laughs> do you need to do grade. that with the, the blue canatean? Do you find it's better to take like so many days off per week or? I tend to, I tend to use it in, in sort of intermittent kinds of ways with user with users that I've talked to last over the last year and a half is that what I found is people typically use it for a period of time and then they'll take maybe one or two weeks off and then they'll use it again. Um, other that's the, on the average, what I see. And then some people will just use it two or three times a week, four times a week, just intermittently. I, I think just like everything else, I think it's good to take a break every once in a while and reset everything, even though that we're using low dose and everything's synergizing together. I still think that it's a good idea to to take a break every once in a while and, you know, come off whatever you're doing and cycle things off and then cycle things back on because you're going to see the benefit when you go back on it. You know, you're going to be like, Oh, blue canatine, I've missed you. And then like, yeah. you take, you're like, you're locked in, you do all your copy, you do all your work, you do all your podcast. And you're like, what do I do for the rest of the week? <laughs> so, <laughs> now I have the rest of the week off. Yeah. Exactly. I have been, I have been trying to, to cycle that a little bit more. Um, I had some friends message me on Instagram. They're like, do you do the blue tongue every day? And I'm like, oh gosh, no, I'm, I'm trying to cycle. So you're right. When you do add it back in, you feel it a little right. bit more. Yeah. It's just, again, it's just, priming those receptors. And that's the idea. But this is like, for example, just blue, our methylene blue turkey that doesn't have the nicotine and caffeine. Mm. I don't see any reason you can't take that every day because it's not really clocking mm. the system as much as it's supporting the system at the same time. And so okay. Dr. Tech came up, came up with this new category of nootropics called blue tropics, of course. Blue tropics are a combination of, of nootropic that supports the system, that health optimizes the system, health optimizes, and then performance optimization at the same time. So combining those two together, and you can see we have posts about this on Instagram as well. It's called a blue tropic. And a blue tropic, and the most common example of a blue tropic would be obviously methylene blue because it has these qualities. I don't really feel that you should be doing, uh, should is a difficult word, but really in general, like any stimulants every day is probably not a great idea. You should be cycling off your stimulants and cycling back on. But when it comes to something that's supporting you, like if it's L-tyrosine for your neurotransmitters, if you need it, or if it's your probiotics or, or if it's something like methylene blue, these are things that are supporting you in the same, as, as the same way as they're helping you in other ways. So I think it's the context as well. Yeah, All that right. makes perfect sense. Great. Lauren, did you have another oxygen question? Well, so with all of these products, we're really acting on the mitochondria, which is affecting our oxygen consumption. And I selfishly keep steering the conversation back towards respiration and oxygenation. You're really big on this. Can you tell us why it's so important? Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is that if we don't make energy effectively, we don't feel good. And the mitochondria are really what allow us to make energy well. And methylene blue, as we were talking about oxygen as well, 
they can act what is called as the final electron acceptor in the mitochondria. And you need that electron to be accepted so that you can make ATP. ATP is our energy currency. And so when it comes down to making energy effectively, you want your mitochondria to be working as well as possible. And so you can test for this. You can do testing of your mitochondria in various ways. You can look at all the various things that are required for you to make energy well in what's called the citric acid or the, the Krebs cycle, for example. You can look at your macronutrients or you're digesting these things well. You can look at absorption of your proteins, amino acids, your fatty acids. You can look at heavy metals because if you're heavy metal toxic, you're not gonna make energy well. You can look at mineral levels. You can look at antioxidant levels. Yeah, all these things are important because if they're not in a balanced state, you're not going to make energy well. Because you know my main currency outside of transcriptions is in oxygen. I work in the field of hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is getting more oxygen in circulation, creating this stimulus to make more energy, and then seeing all these amazing benefits as a result of that. And so in, in my practice, it all comes back to how well people are harnessing the power of this therapy, about, of hyperbaric therapy, to make energy effectively. And this often becomes a more a conversation of what are, what are people doing before they get into the chamber? What are they doing during and what are they doing after to optimize their ability to make energy effectively and also harness that energy effectively. So doing what you wanna do with it, whether, whether it's rehab your brain, uh, if you've had a stroke or if you've had a traumatic brain injury or if you've had an ACL tear. And at the end, it's also the detoxification aspect. How are you creating the ability to make a stimulus so that you can get all the garbage all the waste products that are being made from all that energy being produced out of the system in a very, uh, in a very optimized, in a very therapeutic, in a very comfortable sort of way. Because I know that I'm sure you guys know with clients that you've seen over the years that people that are toxic and that are trying to detox and they can get terrible symptoms. They can get flu-like symptoms. They can get severe pain, fatigue, nausea. They can feel like they have any, any kind of terrible malady that you could think of because yeah, they're, they can't, they can't detox well. Yeah. And so what I think about oxygen in the mitochondria, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about you know, how, how well can you make energy and how effectively are you making it and then detoxifying from it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked so much about stimulants today. A lot of people are just pouring stimulants into their body because they're not effectively making oxygen where we could hopefully heal our mitochondria so it can do that and we don't have to reach for the shitty coffee. <laughs> right, and so there's, there's different things about the mitochondria, right? So it could be that that you don't have enough of them, that your, your cells don't have enough mitochondria, or you don't have enough good ones. There's too many that are not functioning well. And a lot of this has to re has related to, I mean, as we get older, um, our, so the, the benefit of, of having mitochondria is that we can make a lot of energy. But the downside of having mitochondria is that we make a lot of waste products from energy production, and that's called reactive oxygen species or oxidative stress. And so that builds up over time it's kind of like rusting the system. And so you get rust that builds up over time and then these mitochondria don't work as well. But the good news is that we can always make more. And the best ways to do that are in our daily practices, especially like exercise. Exercise is a great way to make new mitochondria in your muscle cells, for example, or in your heart, for example, where we have lots of mitochondria. But there's other ways that are really important. So everything that I've mentioned before to optimize mitochondrial function is, is the same things that you would think about as to trying to regenerate your mitochondria that aren't working well. Being in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber is interesting because it actually improves mitochondrial biogenesis or making new mitochondria inside the chamber. Now, what's interesting, I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes here, but the <laughs> but oxidative stress in a, in a small amount is good for you. That's why exercise is good. That's why saunas are good and high heat. That's why you know various types of stressful endeavors of jumping off 
mountains or, or bungee <laughs> jumping. Those things are good. Those, those cryotherapy, they're all good stresses, but they're short-term stresses. What's not good is that long, indolent, low, or even high-grade sort of inflammation that never goes away. You know, that screws Chronic up your stress. hormones, that screws up your neurotransmitters, and that screws up you and screws up your mitochondria is what it comes down to. Because that's that, lot, that oxidative stress that's never really being addressed. And so when you can address that, then the mitochondria start working better because they're not sort of mucked up with all that rust. And then you're optimizing the system and you're creating this ability to make energy more effectively. Yeah. Awesome. Uh that was some incredible information. I hope everyone was taking notes on that. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to go down too many rabbit holes. <laughs> rewind no. and listen again. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so awesome. It's so powerful. Um, just so many little things that we could do every day to help that process. If people are interested, I'm turning I think, 35. <laughs> yeah, turning 35 in four months. So <laughs> if people are interested, there are there are some resources. If you really want to learn about the electron transport chain, I, I actually, it's not that difficult. I do think that everybody would benefit from like looking at the little electrons and how they go through and knowing oh, that it's yeah. not, and the food, it's not, it's like the electrons from the food and it's pretty simple. I've showed it to my daughters. They like it. And so we talk about the general theories of relativity and things like that. That's a little bit harder, but it's really easy for the electron transport chain because just know that all this, the, the things that you're putting in your pie hole like that, all it is is electrons, really what it comes down to from an energy perspective. Um, but outside of just the electrons, it's everything that's in your food otherwise that's either helping it work well or not helping it work well. And so that's all the toxins in our food and our environment and everything else. So um, it's yeah, it's not that difficult. And I think it's very instructive. And then, you know, hopefully uh, I'm looking to, I'm in the process of writing my own book on hyperbaric therapy and, and how this all works. And so when it, maybe awesome. in another year, I'll come back and talk about that, hopefully, when it's done. So. Yeah, that's Our exciting. date. I love it. I love it, too. Yes, yeah, this is about sure. I would love those resources, and we'll put them in the show notes so we can all do our electron transport lesson. But yes, next time fun. I look at my plate of food, I'm just going to think, think about the electrons. Yeah. Those beautiful electrons. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, your food is, um, you know, either your medicine or your poison, right? So Something my father told me when I was maybe 12. So my father's a chiropractor. He's on Long Island. He's been a chiropractor for over 40 years. And chiropractors are known to be, let's just call them crazy. So he's out of the box to say the least. And so he told me something when I was 12. He said, you know, Scott, uh, the most powerful drug that you'll ever take is your food that you eat. And this is like 1990 or something. And uh, now we, I mean, this is something that when I would tell my friends about this, they look at me like I was crazy. I was crazy. Like I look at me sideways, but it really is the most powerful drug that we take is the food that we put in our body every day yeah. by, by a long shot. People still think that's crazy, which I think is crazy, but you know, it's okay. Well, I'll be, well there's we more some, crazy people. Some leaders in New York getting on television, eating French fries. And I saw that. Well, he's trying to get the, uh, the fast food industry back up and running. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That video with your went viral. With your, uh, with your Krispy Kreme donut. Krispy Kreme donut. Yes. Okay, now I'm going to get angry. Let's stop. <laughs> it's all good. All right. It's all good. Before we go down that rabbit hole. All right. Well, Dr. Scott, before we let you go as well, can you give our audience one final piece of advice, something they can start doing today? Mm. Don't do something. Whatever you're going to do it, do, don't do it. Just decide not to. It's called recovery, folks. And recovery is is really important, especially, I mean, especially for type A types of people, and which I think a lot of us fall into that category where we just want to go, 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 go. Whatever you're going to do, block out your calendar and do nothing for an hour today. And that I means like not on your phone, 
met on your email. <laughs> you can listen to music, but have it on airplane mode or something. Just don't do anything for an hour. If you could do that, I think that'd be impressive. I think that'd be my advice for today. That's that great. Might be some of the best advice I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Yeah. I think, I mean, doing heart rate variability testing for myself has been the biggest game changer because of that. It tells mm. me, tells me to recover and it tells me it's okay because you need it. Mm-hmm. It's like that justification the for the type helpful. A personality. So, yes. all right, you heard it here. Don't do it for an hour today. <laughs> Don't do anything. <laughs> it's anything. awesome. Yes. Dr. Scott, like- thank you so, so much for hanging out with us again. We'll um, put this on the calendar for a year from now. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. It's beautiful. I really <laughs> appreciate sooner. you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We appreciate you too. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.